the Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. Here we go, Mr. Edge. Another one. Uh, well, we uh, we just had a great last weekend, uh, last full weekend of August. Yeah. Celebrating one of our good friends and past guests who's getting married getting at hitched. the end of October. Yeah, but it is good. Out. It is good to be back. Uh, also, some things never change. You know, you get get that group of guys together, and it's just, yeah, yeah. You just know what to expect. Kind of like you know when you go on well, on webcasting, yeah. you know what to expect. Oh, yeah, uh, with just high quality imagery, cameras, ring shots, advertising. You know what to expect. Yeah, every time. I tell you yeah. what, um, I'm love. I'm actually really curious to see where this rodeo thing goes because I can see myself putting it on the fire stick, getting getting on the internet, popping on Walton. Typically, go to the livestock show, but now they got the rodeo section. Pretty pumped up to see what Walton can do in that arena. Yeah, yeah. There was a rumor floating around the Indiana State Fairgrounds about a livestock bachelorette. What? Livestock bachelorette. I'm not saying that right. Bachelorette. There we go. Yeah. Words are hard. Uh, yeah. So there's a livestock bachelorette idea floating around. Do you think we could add that to the roast? Like, it could it be on the same channel? You see, if I had any business advice for Walton, I'd stay away. <laughs> probably it was but it, but it was it was a rumor floating around and, and it wasn't that it was a walt supposed to be a walton production or anything like that but i it, i just i heard it came came through so what would we call this what would we call the bachelorette of the stock show world this could be interesting how about you how about how about you call it in if if you got the name for the bachelorette stock show edition call our hotline I mean, it's open for everything. We got a killer. Uh, I thought it's pretty interesting this time, but uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. There, there's some things coming to my mind that probably shouldn't be said over the airwaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you think way, way back in the day. Remember, they had like the they had a couple segments. Walton did uh, with uh, oh yeah. It was uh, I, I can't remember him now. Chris and, Stock Center. Well, I was thinking the comedy the comedy thing that they did i thought was pretty funny oh yeah that was several years chris ago. and kelly yeah i think that was one of them yeah Something so like that different different yeah. vision now i love it and they're doing uh you know it's not they're not just like all these different segments like they do they are like the people to go to when you just want to live stream a stock show or a rodeo or a graduation or you know literally what everything needs a camera you know what I wish more people would do? So it seems to me like just about every boar stud in the country, for the most part, has come on board with Walton doing boar tours, if, especially in the Midwest. I wish that sheep and cattle people and goat people would get on board and do the same thing. Yeah. Like, Why don't they? Great question. I <laughs> do I wish they would, because to me, that is super valuable going back 
looking at those boar videos, listening to the breeders talk about them. And it's also not very commonplace for people to go through and see, you know, a parade of sheep or bulls or yeah, billies, whatever. But well, somebody innovative to try. Somebody has to try something new at some point in time. That's so. exactly what I was just saying. Be yeah. the originator and be the pioneer and do something different. Yeah, and do it with Walton. Yeah, do it with Walton. Now, speaking of innovation, there is something pretty interesting that I saw on the showpig.com. Uh, there was a, a very good breeder um, that had a treadmill for baby pigs that I thought was quite interesting. So describe to me how this was built. So think about like a human treadmill, but okay. only a third of the length of the treadmill. Right. So it's probably, I don't know, two and a half feet in length, but probably three feet wide. It was wider than it was long. So they built a wall in the front of this uh, treadmill. It uh-huh. then had like a pipe or so coming down from that wall that had like a little, um, I don't know if it was like just, I'm sure it was like Kool-Aid or something sweet that came out of that like nipple or that tube that was yep. on that pipe. So then the baby pig walked constantly on the treadmill while the camera was from behind and from like three-quarter view and did like a panorama kind of deal. You're kidding. Yeah. it's How did, how, how did it turn out? Did you like it? You know, uh, I think the concept is brilliant. I really do think it's brilliant because yeah. if – I don't know how they train these baby pigs to get up on a treadmill and and walk. So, like, hey, that, that's what I'm talking about, being original, being innovators – but um, it it was a great concept that they will perfect, I think. Execution probably wasn't on par yet. But, yeah, needed more practice because they got a little jabby-legged because they're, they would stop and then roll back a little bit and then keep uh, rolling again. Yep, so yep, it was yep. a little inconsistent when you're used to just watching them follow a broom in the pen. So I thought that yep. was neat. But where else would you find something that awesome? Other than showpig.com. I mean, I'm on there nightly. I, I, yeah. I, I flipped through and I was like, hey, shout out to those guys for trying. And of course, it's on showpig.com. So I, I don't know. It's something to try. I don't know. It might work. It might be the next best thing. That is, that is a, almost as good as a holy buckets moment. I think if I would have scrolled across that, that probably would have been mine for this week. Yeah. That is. I've got one that, that blows that out of the water, though. I mean, nothing. Out of the water, you say? Yeah. Not huh. into the water, out of the water. Out of the water. Well, um, let's just dive into the Holy Buckets moment anyways then, Kirky. Uh, you go first. All right. So imagine this, folks. You just got a water line built or trenched in from your house to your barn, okay? Okay, yeah. It's a nice sunny day, and you thought, you know what? There's a lot of rocks out where that trench is at. I want to make it little look look a little better so I can mow over it one day and get it seated and such. So you do that, and you get the rocks done, and you put all the rocks kind of over by the side of your house. And then you see this big flat rock that was dug up from said trench, and you thought, oh, that could be a really nice platform to put 
you know, by the house to put flower pots on or whatever. So you go over there and you lift this perfectly flat rock up. Perfectly flat rock is a tombstone from the 1840s. Oh, oh my. So here's what happened. This is a real story. Real story. I about pooped my pants because, A, where the heck was his headstone at? B, where was the body that went with his headstone? And, I mean, Cornelius Baxter, if any historians are out there, it'd be kind of cool. Actually, shout out to Tyler Johnson, uh, past guest, good friend. He he did some research about old Cornelius. Um, Everybody wants me to name, or me and Emily to name our firstborn son, Cornelius Kirkpatrick. So could you imagine a corn Kirk rolling around? But anyway, so I lift up this flat rock that I thought was like nice. And I remember they dug it up. I was like, oh, that's kind of, that'd be cool to landscape with, whatever. And uh, I flip it up and it's a freaking tombstone from May of 1840. And what's neat is, we got a picture of the of our house we purchased from 1914, and it said on the top of the picture, Cousin Albert Baxter in his home near Kelton, Ohio. Oh. So it's a black so, and white photo. It's like really cool, like the old, old photo. So I've got to ask the question because I feel like our audience is probably sitting there wondering, like, you just dug up this water line and found a almost... 200 year old headstone mm-hmm. where is the body that's what i'm saying please tell me please tell me it's not on your property it, well so here's the deal when they dug next to the house like we went from my basement out to the barn to run the water so i remember exactly where this came from and i'm pretty sure there was another one down there because he only moved this one because we had to drill, we had to go another foot, you know, get below the frost line, mm-hmm. and then tap into our basement. So he picked it up and just kind of dumped it, you know, with the the backhoe. And I didn't think anything of it. I wouldn't, you know, it's a flat rock to me. But it was so perfectly laid down. But obviously the letters were faced down, so I didn't see right. it. So to me, they were so like it was that one. I think there's a still one down there. I'm not going to dig it up, but they I'm, were almost I'm laying worried. side by side. So I'm worried that there's dead bodies under your house right now. There, there, there very well could be. I don't know. However, uh, they must be friendly because uh, we're doing well. We don't hear any bumps in the night. Uh, those of you who know my wife, probably 99.7% of you don't. She is a big true crime junkie. She loves her uh, podcast about like the paranormals, but you know, true crime kind of mixed in. Uh, she's got like eight of them. I can't remember all of them. Um, and Corey, you can attest to this. We have a, a replica doll in our house, Robert uh, the doll. Yeah. So it's a little creepy thing. And I've got to say, I'm going to put her on blast, but she'll laugh at it. When I sent this group chat out and I took a picture and a video of what I found, two of you said, make sure Emily doesn't bring it in the house. <laughs> I, that was my, that was my first response was, do not let your wife bring that in the house. <laughs> Uh, I, I knew, I knew that it would probably be like something she would put on the mantle. Yeah. So I forgot to finish it. Uh, shout out to Tyler Johnson. He kind of uh, 
did some digging for me, no pun intended, and he found that O. Cornelius was relatively rich and had seven kids and gave each of them $25,000. Wow. I would assume that that's equivalent to quite a bit of money today. Yeah, I would say so. So, uh, and what's really cool is that at the end of our road, there was a church called Baxter's Ridge. Yeah, this guy clearly had some money. So, I don't know what this place, I would love to find what this area looked like in the eight, late 1800s, into the 1900s when that photo was taken, when this thing was built. By the way, headstones, back in the day, it is, I mean, you can tell exact, they the precision of those cuts and it wasn't chiseled. I mean, this deal was sandblasted in or something. I mean, they were, it is very impressive. You can definitely read it pretty clearly. So anyway, that was definitely a Holy buckets moment. I flipped that thing up. I was like, I didn't say Holy buckets, but yeah, I was like, Whoa, whoa. Jeez. So yeah, that is, that is insane. I'll, uh, I'll have to keep everybody updated on if we, uh, if we have any, exciting news from from that yeah please do hopefully it's nothing that ends up on a paranormal documentary at some point in time (laughs) i don't know how you do it man well um see i emily once told me because she probably heard it on one of her crazy podcasts that if you don't believe in ghosts and like that kind of stuff then they don't bother you. Or it's like a psychological thing where if they don't mess with you or if you don't mess with them, they don't mess with you. So like every time we go out to feed the sows, we say, hi, Cornelius. You know, like, hey, they're not out to stir me up. I'm not going to stir them up. So that's what we do, I guess. I don't know. Interesting. I mean, I like that approach over the, over the hay. Like I would rather not know if there if our house was built on a ancient burial ground. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like maybe when we build onto our barn we'll find something else cool and I'll add it to the collection, but I don't want to like go digging on purpose. We might have to add yeah. name the addition to the barn the Cornelius Pavilion, you know, like we'll honor <laughs> him. <laughs> So, wow. Yeah. All right. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad other people know about this besides the select few that I know know about it. So that way, just in case something does yeah, I happen. Hope I, I hope I didn't share too much information because now I'm going to be like, you know, there might be some other crime junkies out there. It's like, oh, I need a headstone. They no, don't. Yeah. No, they don't. Good luck finding Trevor's place anyway, too. It's, it's out there in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Yep. So. Well, that's good. I'm glad you got that off your chest. Yeah. Quick break in the action with ya boys. Need to tell you about Tarbell Marketing and Design. Folks, this guy's talented. Jace Tarbell is over the top when it comes to graphic design, logo design, website design, whatever it may be. If you want your stuff to look good, you get hold of Jace Tarbell at Tarbell Marketing and Design. Go to choosetmd.com right now and book your consultation in advance and get with the program. Choose tmd.com. Do you have a uh, Holy Buckets moment? Well, 
I think <laughs> you could, but it's probably what our episode is about. Yeah. Um, actually, that was that was kind of going to be it, but I'll I'll uh, I'll hold back on uh, saying my holy buckets moment. I will say my holy buckets moment this past week. Really, I guess I could go two weeks deep into this again because remember the last time I was like, hey, I had a few holy buckets moments yeah. from this past yeah. week, but um, I'll try to stay current. Um, my holy buckets moment this past week had to do with the farm. So we had some later born lambs this year. We had uh, a set that was born in June. Don't like that, but it just so happened that, you know, Buck got in there a little late and whoops, poor management on my part and whatever. So uh, anyways, we had these late born lambs. We show up to the farm and I see two, it's later in the evening. Sun's starting to go down a little bit. Uh, Mom and dad are out traveling. So I'm taking care of stuff at the farm at night. These two sheep that were twins escaped from the fence and ended up clear down by our road sign if anybody's ever been to our farm we have whoa that's a way about a quarter mile yeah. drive i mean it's a it's a long driveway and uh made it all the way down to the road i pull up i stopped the car roll, roll the window down i said what are you doing out here oh, these two lambs kid you not bolt straight up the drive and i'm like how did they get out because where i thought they would have gotten out Seemed pretty logical. No, both of them, kid you not, jump up, clear our white fence with like one extra step. So like use this fence as a ladder, jump completely over this fence and get back in with the rest. And I said, holy buckets, we are raising some athletics <laughs> sheep here. And that's oh. livestock now. So yeah, that's uh, not, not as detailed as yours. Uh, but that, right. I would say you've got athletic, athletics being raised. Athletics, yeah. Yeah, we got some of those. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, Cornelius, got your tongue over there? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not the cat anymore. It's only Cornelius. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but no, I was. Uh, it was first a surprise that they were down there and then a complete shock when they cleared the the fence so. yeah and that's not a short fence is it no i mean it's a it's a four four rung white pvc like fence yeah yeah hmm. interesting i like it so yeah. uh i want to i want our listeners and yourself to think back remember we uh had a breed and ship and show them call in and we were like, oh, my gosh, this could be a, uh, a real-life scenario. It was one where you had some options. Uh, you couldn't raise the species that you're involved in. And yep. you had an expensive option, a good bread option, and a lease option. Remember? Yes. Yeah. So what we have is a guy that says, this is real life. And he's going to give it to us. So... This is Matt from Iowa. I meant to call last week on the Freedom Ship and Show Him, 
So this is real life for me. My kids are eight, five, and six months old. So we're, this is real life. Um, and we raise cattle, so that species is out. Because in that situation, you probably buy the high dollar one to make a donor cow. But a species that we're not going to raise is pigs. I think what I would do is um, I would buy the um, good, good bred pig from a small breeder and then hopefully be able to sell that pig at the end of the year, like a summer type conference or maybe one of those sales or maybe just find a friend that wanted it um, and watch it. And then the next year I would take the loner pig and um, chase that thing around. Um, most of my friends have pretty good pigs, so I don't think that thing would be much of a slump. And then we'd have something to talk about while we're drinking beer. Um, well, on and forever as soon as what that what that pig was doing where they're going and we're probably going to pass on the $15,000 um, uh, show gill or barrel but that's what I would do now I'm going to go back and listen to see what uh, Corey's going to do on it interesting so what we got is a real scenario that Matt says he's going to do the pig thing he's got some pig friends this is this is real deal for him it works. It works. I, uh, very, I would probably agree with that. I was actually contemplating myself of switching and doing a version opposite of kind of what I did, like do the least deal, kind of uh, like what you did, do the least deal. Yeah. First, first year, second year, buy the good genetic piece that maybe isn't like killer. Right. Still probably going to continue to pass on the high dollar one. Unless yeah, for some me. chance I win the lottery. That scares me. Yeah. See, Derek, look what you've done. You've look created you've done. an incredible. It's a monster. Thought thought provoking monster. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of thought provoking, um, Tanner's Tales is back. And uh, I'd like for our listeners to hear what he says. And then I also want you to know what I thought was said. What's going on, Stock Talk? Tanner here. Um, I just want to know what you guys call a uh, chicken holding a hatchet. A cutlet. Hey, hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Uh, go and uh, show somebody some love today. Help others out. And uh, just... Uh, Take care of all your loved ones and, and be safe out there. Have a great day. That's what was actually said. Funny joke. I, I kind of giggled. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Just so what, a little giggle. So what you guys don't know is that when these voicemails come in, we get them transcribed or at least tried to to. So it's, it's like like a, like a talk to text kind of thing. Yeah, like like he, if you if you have an iPhone and you go and listen to your voicemail, sometime it'll try to like transcribe the voicemail for you and what. Siri thinks it's saying, yeah, but so that's what was here. Here's what was typed. Okay. What's going on stock here. I just want to know what you guys call Jason holding the patchet, a chocolate. I hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Go and show somebody a lobster today. Help others out and just take care of all your love life. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. 
Uh, Tanner's <laughs> Tales Thunder was stolen by <laughs> Google Translate. <Yeah. laughs> that was so funny. Hope y'all are taking care of your love life and <laughs> oh, catching okay. lobsters and whatever. <laughs> what whatever. Oh goodness. All right. Inspirational stuff there, Trev. I love it. Tanner's Tales gets me every time. So uh, it's just us on on the mic again because we've got uh, some announcements to make and some announcements that have already been made that we want to discuss a little little further. So uh, we'll round out with our announcement, but uh, we're going to start with with yours, Corey Edge. So I saw on the socials that... There was a huge announcement from the NJSA, NSR, and ABA. And I was pretty interested and intrigued to know your thoughts. Although I, I, uh, you kind of told me it was like huge announcement coming out today. I was on the edge of my seat. So, um, the, I want to call it the show merger. I want to know details. I want to kind of interview you about this process. So, what was, what was the discussion like? that started the ABA NJSA Catalina wine mixer. Uh, well, it's a youth event, so maybe we won't have a wine mixer, but it Dry. is collaboration. Swine mixer. I said swine <laughs> mixer. Swine mixer. Yeah. Swine mixer. There you <laughs> go. Very nice. Um, so great question. Um, very exciting things happening. Ultimately, the reason that this conversation even got started uh, really could circle back to the beginning of August, I guess, um, in some ways. So we had already discussed collaborating on two summer shows. That's where um, that the ABA thought the future of the industry was going with our major events in the summer. So that being said, um, ultimately, the ABA uh, NSR thought alignment was the same and that we wanted to have two shows. So the expo, as we all know, is moving back to Des Moines, Iowa. Mm -hmm. Uh, For all of you that like to show west of the Mississippi, that show um, is going to happen June 12th through the 18th. And uh, incredibly excited for that because timeline-wise, we're, we're probably until the World Pork Expo itself um, will allow a junior show to happen, which probably doesn't seem 100% likely. Um, those dates will never probably be the same again as far as the first gotcha. week in June. So Probably a but, s- safest m- measure, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, there's with the concern of potential foreign disease and and all that kind of stuff, it's probably best um, that it continues to operate that way just for the sake of um, ensuring that we can have a show of that magnitude. So that is exciting. Um, And then July 3rd through the 9th is the new ABA Summer Type Conference. 
nice. held in conjunction with NSR. Um, I think what's what the bigger news is, other than those two shows, um, was the announcement of Berkshire's moving uh, to NJSA. Yes. In 2022, starting in Perry, Georgia. So for those of you that are buying show pigs right now, the Berkshire breed will be available to exhibit in Perry on the green turf. How about it? Hey, listen, a uh, place where Berkshires have never been. That's that's true. Not the, so, not the Southeast regional. That's so that, exciting. That, uh, to go back, that's kind of, you know, how it all started was, I think our association realized that, you know, there is a need for collaboration across the board. And when we had NSR CEO Clay Zwilling on um, last year, last season, mm-hmm. um, we, you know, that was something we talked about was what's the difference between collaboration and merger and, um, you know, willingness to work together and those things. And I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of swine industry people, that see the future of our industry understand that the more work we can do positively together the stronger our industry will be and that was the viewpoint of the berkshire association and nsr to come up with this summer show schedule for next year and in doing that we felt that there was more um opportunity to branch the Berkshire breed out in different places of the country, such as California for the Western regional Mm -hmm. or Perry, Georgia. Um, and, and also becoming part of the draft virtual sale. Yes. Um, and stuff like that. So there's, uh, I think lots of room for our Berkshire breed to continue to grow and find success. But I think more than anything, um, we're giving NJSA young people, uh, an opportunity to exhibit Berkshires in parts of the country they couldn't before. Yeah. On, on, on that type of a regional show level. Right. Well, and it just opens the, the door for more opportunities period for youth and involvement and everything in between. And collaboration is really key to the strength uh, of future anything. I mean, uh, talking farm beer and stuff, there's a lot of collaborative work going on amongst other county entities and other states uh, that do a lot of things. I mean, you've got to link arms every once in a while and join forces when there's something so much bigger and better out there to work for um, that this is exactly what we're talking about. And uh, yeah. I was excited to see um, this happen because I know you've been um, – working your tail off at ABA in some way, shape, or form. And when you were finally allowed to share the news uh, to the world, it was exciting to see kind of things coming uh, to fruition. So that's, that's. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, because we have this platform and I know our listenership is pretty strong. I, I, I will say um, from the ABA's perspective, really from, um, a lot of different people's perspective and leadership positions uh, across the purebred swine industry. Ultimately, the goal would be for everybody to work together toward a common goal. Mm-hmm. And that common goal, number one, is to ensure the long-term sustainability 
of the purebred swine industry. Number two, how can we foster youth programs that promote growth and success and education and utilizing the swine industry as the tool to do that? Yep. And number three is, is as we would work towards a common goal, um, you know, having a united voice on issues that could arise such as foreign disease or um, policy that is put in place for Mm -hmm. the livestock industry, the swine industry specifically. And there's just a lot of ways that I think we can work better together. Um, In 2022, it is going to um, maybe take just a little bit more time than ideal uh, to do that because of how um, decisions have been made. But I promise that our swain industry is going to continue to work towards that collaborative goal and having everybody um, become as unified as possible. Legacy Livestock Imaging. Folks, you hear it all the time. They're covering bigger and better shows. I just saw that they're going to be the official livestock photographer of the National Western Stock Show. They are also the official, the official photographer for other livestock shows. And why wouldn't you want them to be yours? Not only do they do livestock shows, but they do graduations and weddings and absolutely everything that you can put in front of a camera. Get to LegacyLivestockImaging.com and schedule way in advance because they're that good. LegacyLivestockImaging.com. So you mentioned the opportunity that the Berkshires are going to be on the turf for the first time ever in Perry, Georgia, uh, 2022. Now, the NJSA has been promoting the uh, purebred influence divisions. Is this something that the ABA is also going to be uh, exposed to? Yes. Um, We will not take that opportunity away from young people that have already um, seen how that's going to work. So this summer was the first year for the purebred influence cross division at the exposition in Indianapolis. So, um, it's pretty neat and it, it doesn't have to be a purebred influence cross. That's only purebred sired. It could also be damned by a purebred. Right. Um, or another advantage is if you've got that short underlined guilt or that off marked or whatever it is, you have an opportunity to show that animal still. It still has a place um, as well, even if they do have, you know, purebred parents on both sides. So there's there's a really cool opportunity there. And I believe uh, NSR and JSA announced that in the fall of 2020. I think that's right. Maybe it was the summer. Anyways, um, that, that, that opportunity would be available. So yes, you can, in the junior show, you can exhibit, um, a purebred influence cross as a Berkshire. So, uh, the process of registering those animals and those types of things, um, would still need to go through the ABA office, just like anything else. Right. So, but, and and there'll be more information to come on that, um, as more decisions are made on requirements and stuff like that. So sure. It just makes a lot of sense. 
the more you sit back and think about it, um, everybody still has say, everybody still has breed integrity, um, and the, the, it's it's all about the kids. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, if you look at the advantages that it brings to the association, associations, I should say, is you know it it now allows those NSR exhibitors that have only ever raised NSR breeds because that's the summer type conference they choose to go to. Mm-hmm. Well, now you've got an opportunity to branch off and maybe try something, dive into the competitive pool of the Berkshire breed. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe try something out that way. And now kids don't have a, um, have to worry about choosing what breed they want to show at their, their summer show. Um, and much like what happened in 20, this, this past summer in 2021 is, you know, there's going to be an opportunity for kids to show whatever breeds they want to show. Yep. And I think that that's, that's very good. Um, but I also think the competitive nature of the Berkshire breeds certainly going to add to, uh, to the fire of NJSA. Oh yeah. I love it. It's big news. Uh, I, I shared it. I hardly ever get on social media and actually like share as much as I should, but I saw that come through and I was like, yes, yes. Love it. Good, exciting news. Uh, what else does the world need to know about uh, the, the big news of the ABA? I would just say stay tuned uh, for updates. We're going to continue to to share information as it comes. But, um, you know, we've got the National Bear Show coming up here in a few weeks. And so kind of getting prepared for that. And, uh, you know, we're we're really excited about you know, what opportunities lie ahead. Um, obviously there's, there's going to be some challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, this hopefully will be a move in the way of collaboration across all parts of the purebred swine industry. I like it. Congratulations to you and the board, big moves. I like it. I like it a lot. So uh, we've we've got a, a brief announcement of our own. Uh, the The Stock Talk board has had its annual <laughs> meeting. And you voted unanimously. Yes, voted unanimously uh, to do our three month season. So what you're listening to is the last episode of this season. Uh, we're gonna chop it down into three months. Um, that way, it gives us uh, some time to collaborate of our own. Uh, and kind of rejuvenate, and it also allows, uh, I think it allows a little easier for the listener too. Uh, more bi- yeah. bite-sized pieces, um, and we can go about that way. So uh, this is the th- uh, third full month uh, that we've yes. come back since our hiatus. So um, stay tuned for more information, uh, but for now this is uh, the last episode of Season 3. Can you believe it? Already in our third year. So, yeah. And the thing is, too, like, I feel like people are very, very busy during the summer, which they always are in every other summer, including ourselves. So this will allow us to take a step back, uh, juice things up, rather it be, uh, you know, focusing on on uh, professions, collaborations, you know, big things happening. So, uh, yeah. That's that's the news. It is, and, and it's 
it's exciting news because I think what is going to end up happening after all this is, you know, what we have seen stock talk do in the industry of the livestock world, but also allowing others to feel like they can start their own yep. uh, version of podcasts or business or whatever. Hey, this is, this is a cool thing that's going on. Um, but I think as we switch scheduling a little bit more here with this and in our third season, um, Trevor, we are, we are at a good chunk. Oh, actually we're a long way over 900,000 downloads of stock talk mm-hmm. podcast. Yep. And uh, we're getting close to a million, but I think it'd be really cool is if, as we wrap up season three, stock talk, kick to a million likes or uh, downloads before we, we hit season four. That would be incredible. That was always been a milestone, a goal of ours. Uh, I remember back to our first, like we have said this story, I think our, our goal was to get to a, th- a thousand downloads in our first year, maybe, or something like that. Something, something ridiculous. Yeah, may- maybe, I don't know, 5,000, whatever it was. <laughs> but I would love to hit the, the million, million download milestone. So, uh, yeah, let's see if it happens during uh, the break of this season. That would be incredible. I might get a tattoo that says one milli. Uh, I'd get a matching one if you did that. Nice. We'll, we'll take it. We'll shake right now over the airwaves. <laughs> like, on it. Uh, oh, shoot. We'll, yeah, we'll have to get, do a Facebook Live about that deal. Yeah. Stock Talk logo and just says one milli. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. There, there's the bet. Uh, shoot. Well, and hey, you might be asking yourself, well, if this is the end of season three, when season four start? Well, that's where we're going to leave you with an Easter egg. Stay tuned. That's right. Oh, love it. Boy, uh, we have ambitious plans. A lot of things uh, that we've already said at the beginning of this season about uh, our relationship with Walton. Um, things just got uh, pushed away and aside for, for now, but we've got so many things that we've hinted at in this uh, this, uh, this season that uh, yeah. we could be pretty excited about. So the door's wide open uh, for opportunities. So uh, with that, we've got one more sponsor to get to. And we will drop the mic. This is Levi Richards with Kalmbach Feeds and Formula Champion Show Feeds. When it comes time to wean those young calves and get them ready for fall sales, lean on Formula Champion's Show Calf Accelerator. This moderate fat, high fiber feed will put significant body and bloom on those babies, ultimately increasing dollars in your pocket and happier customers at the end of the day. This medicated feed also contains a high level of Optifirm XL for superior gut health and feed conversion. For more information, go to www.formula of champions or find Formula of Champions on all major social media platforms. And don't forget, you can accelerate your sale average with Showcalf Accelerator. Well, I think what's interesting, Trevor, is as we think about dropping the mic on this last episode of season three, I'm going to revert back to something that we talked about collaboration, working together. What do those things mean to you? Well, I'll tell you what the good Lord says. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Yes. Take that with you wherever you go. 
And I'm not talking about just in business. I'm not talking about just your friendships, but life in general. Uh, if, if we can continue to work together in unity to help each other and to help others, we are only going to make ourselves stronger as people. I'm not trying to get philosophical or political. You see what's happening in our world today. Now, more than anything, Americans and people of the world could stand to continue to sharpen one another and work together in order to achieve the greater good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Iron sharpens iron. Man, collaborative efforts are always good. Mm, drop it. I love it. Drop the mic. Well, folks, um, it's been another good one. I've enjoyed our time here with the Corey Edge, Mr. A.B. And so. the Trevor Kirkpatrick. Oh, wow. Thank you. Uh, look, folks, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this season. Uh, we are going to be working in the background and we will just see what happens in uh, the next several months here. So with that being said, our uh, website is still wide open, and so is the store, stocktalk-podcast.com. If you would like to give us a call, we will still get those in our off season. That hotline is 234-320-0457. Folks, have a good one. We will see you next time.